0: Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
1: Hey there, welcome back to Yolitics. We are talking about an issue that just enraged folks last week, and we're not talking about the abortion ruling. We're talking about the uh, state hearings, mm-hmm. the state lawmakers uh, started to talk about Uvalde, mm-hmm. the massacre down there at Robb Elementary School, more importantly, the law enforcement failures down there. Mm-hmm. and what we heard was maddening to so many people there were 91 state troopers down there seven local cops no one really knew who was in charge and the biggest thing is we found out is that this is just kind of chaos and the state is not releasing everything why not
2: that is the thing with these hearings jason this is really the only uh, you know aside from a couple of news conferences scattered here and there in these weeks since this awful tragedy at rob elementary This is the only venue in which we're actually hearing details because law enforcement and the D.A., they have buttoned this thing up. We're not seeing the body camera video. We're not getting details on what went wrong there. And things are just trickling out because of very persistent journalists. Well. There's a state senator who represents uh, Uvalde County in the Texas legislature. His name is Roland Gutierrez, and he has also been asking for more information. In fact, he filed a public information request, and even he couldn't get it from the state, and so he is now suing the state, and so we thought we have got to get Senator Gutierrez on the line here to tell us what's going on behind the scenes, what he's being told, and what's happening here.
1: Senator Gutierrez is on the line with us from his office in San Antonio. He represents, of course, Uvalde uh, is in his district there. Senator, thanks for being here. I know you're talking to a lot of folks and you're waiting to hear from a lot of folks, especially in Austin. You filed this lawsuit over, you know, this open records request you filed. The state's not responding to it. What is the state hiding?
0: Well, that's what that's the million dollar question. We would all like to find out. I think that. What I've talked to other people in law enforcement, they tell me they know what happened. They feel feel that the officers were reading off of each other in that hallway. In the lack of communication, they were mirroring each other. And what I briefly saw in a brief snippet of uh, video uh, in the first few days is I saw officers take shots and then take cover. They took fire and then they took cover. And then as more officers came in, that continued to... To to happen, and I think truly that that's what happened. You know, without communic- radio communications, it was just fear and lack of leadership.
2: So you've asked for uh, a lot of evidence here, including body camera uh, footage, Senator, as well as uh, the, the, the footage from inside the cars, uh, the cameras there. Um, you filed this request. We're accustomed to doing that, uh, you know, as members of the media as well. And oftentimes you have to, you know, sort of fight to get that stuff released. You're a state senator, though, and you asked for this information and you never even heard back uh, from DPS. Can you underscore how unusual that is for a sitting state senator to not even get a response on something like this? And, and this is from a law enforcement agency. This is not from a political entity. I was
0: told by Colonel McCraw that I was going to get the information as late as June 1st. We had a conversation where he told me, I'm going to get you that information tomorrow and that was friday june 2nd on june 2nd everything stopped by four fifty eight, i received a text that he was ordered to not be to not give me that information any longer because of a pending investigation by the district attorney's office
2: but wait the district attorney's office there in uvalde uh, we have learned is is not necessarily investigating anyone in particular actively here the shooter in this situation is dead so so What's the holdup there?
0: Agreed. Uh, Last Friday, she told her ABC affiliate after writing in a newspaper the previous Sunday that she was in charge of an investigation. Last Friday, she says there is no investigation that she's doing. As of Tuesday, McCraw says that she's reviewing the DPS investigation. There is no legal justification or rationale for keeping this information from us. Uh, At one point, they wanted me to sign a non-disclosure agreement. I will not do that. I'm not going to sign a non-disclosure agreement for this information because the public needs to know. My constituents need to know. Well,
1: say that again. Who who asked you to sign an NDA to not release any of this? Colonel McCraw asked me to sign an NDA. Have you ever been approached by a state official saying you need to sign an NDA over a, a public incident?
0: I one time signed an NDA with the Department of Public Safety when I was looking at the different cannabis Uh, corporations that were being uh, that that had applied for cannabis licenses. For competitive reasons. Yeah,
1: for competitive reasons for that.
0: For competitive reasons, that's Which
1: makes sense. It sounds like the state is is trying to hide something here, Senator.
0: Uh, Listen, I mean, and here's the reality. I think you guys are the first ones to really pick up on something here. We spend, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican or how you feel about immigration, because I'm sure I want to offend some people listening here. We have spent $4 billion in one year on something called Operation Lone Star, which is the governor's seminal piece of legislation. We have seen failure after failure all this summer and this spring on Lone Star. Cost us $9 billion as a state when he stopped trucks in Mexico from coming in. Uh, Found no fentanyl or immigrants, by the way. We had a young soldier die in the Dallas area, Bishop Evans, who drowned because that while the governor had so many private contracts with different folks, apparently he didn't have a contract with people that sell life preservers. Uh, we've seen four National Guardsmen commit suicide because of Operation Lone Star and its effects. Um, very little results and a heck of a lot of money, not to mention a bunch of immigrants trapped in in Dilly, Texas in another facility. And so here's the thing, here's the thing. We spent all of this money We now know that 91 state troopers were there, the majority from Operation Lone Star, including operational commanders from Operation Lone Star were at that school. They failed just as much as Pete Arredondo, but no one wants to say that. And so on day three, when I saw McCall point the finger at this local school cop, it just didn't smell right to me. As you scratch at this surface, and you see that they're not, won't let you into their body cams. You see that he acknowledges that they weren't listening to Arredondo. We heard in a hearing over and over that we had audio that, aud- that he was the incident commander. Those were, that was body cam information. If he was barking orders at the people around him, then so be it. But how the hell did anybody else know in that hallway? How did anybody else know in that building? Because nobody had a radio. Nobody had a working radio, not DPS or the sheriff or the police or ISD. How pathetic is that? That in 2022, we didn't have technology that worked.
2: And so you are suing so that you can get that body camera video. What do you think that that video is going to show? Because what you're describing here uh, sounds like you know there's no direction at a time when those kids and those teachers inside really needed direction on the outside. What do you think that body camera video shows? There's 20
0: minutes where I cross-examined him in the Senate hearing, the committee that I wasn't allowed to sit on, but I was allowed to ask questions. And so there's 20 minutes of testimony that I elicited from him on Tuesday. I asked him, was anybody listening? Any of your guys listening to Arradondo? The answer was no. So if your guys aren't listening to Arradondo, the guy that you say is the incident commander, then how is he the incident commander? If the so-called incident commander doesn't have a radio because he left it outside, which is a complete dereliction of duty, I don't even know Arradondo. I think you guys are an idiot for leaving his radios outside. But it turns out it wouldn't have mattered because nobody's radios worked inside this building. I, I'm just astounded by the whole thing. And we're all normal thinking human beings that have watched a lot of TV and a lot of cop movies. It sounds to me like a chaotic situation. And I'm sur- I'm certain that if we hear that the body cam uh, footage and whatever radio uh, transmittals that we can get, we will hear a lot of chaos and no direction. And what we do now know is that there was 91 DPS troopers there taking direction from none of nobody else, not the incident commander. And so therefore, who are they taking direction from? And why didn't the commander of Operation Lone Star say, who was at the scene, say, the hell with this, we're going in. It took a federal agent to say the hell with this, we're going in.
1: Senator, it looks like to me that the state is trying to blame the folks in Uvalde for what happened despite so many state troopers being there.
0: It's not fair to the mayor in Uvalde. It's not fair to the school district. Obviously, Mr. Arredondo has his burden to carry here, but so does everybody else. But I'm not asking for anybody to do that. I need to know what happened so we can fix it. Let me ask
1: you about accountability. Should the Uvalde ISD police chief, Pete Arredondo should he be demoted or fired?
0: No, I'll leave that up to the school because everybody says the a police chief. He's the police chief of the school district. Right. I'll leave that up to the school district to decide. I mean, this well, is me, the other well, day. Let me ask you this is, then. Go ahead. Do well, story.
1: how about the DPS director, Steve McCraw? He's been out front on this, uh, you know, a couple days into it. Should he be demoted or fired over this?
0: Well, he's the guy that's accountable to the state legislature. And uh, I'll let the governor decide those issues because he's directly reported me, direct reports to him. But I will tell you that we've had at least six or seven misstatements by this agency head. We've had them call me a liar and then prove wrong in the span of 24 hours. We have text messages from him that are proven wrong. It is time that we start saying that everybody here was responsible. We say we're sorry, we cry about it. We find solutions to problems. The parents in Uvalde deserve the answers as to why their children weren't rescued in a timely fashion. At least three kids bled out. That's the reality of what happened here. Hmm.
2: And in the weeks since then, uh, what we've seen is, I mean, directly after this mass shooting at Rob Elementary, the next day, I believe it was the next day, Governor Abbott was uh, in Uvalde doing a, a news conference, uh, was there on stage with uh, all kinds of representatives from local all the way up to both U.S. senators representing Texas, uh, presenting a very united front, talking about, you know, the, the heroism of law enforcement in this case. Uh, everybody remembers uh, Governor Abbott's challenger Beto O'Rourke going into that news conference and interrupting it and confronting the governor saying that he hadn't done nearly enough uh, to stop this kind of gun violence and he got shouted down uh, by the people who were there on stage with the governor. There was a lot of cohesion there on that stage and now we're seeing that totally unravel. Uh, Basically it's the locals pointing the finger at the state and the state pointing the finger at the locals uh, and and your argument is is that there's culpability all around it doesn't go one well
0: dimension. even you heard the mayor two nights ago in his own speech he says look let the chips fall where they may i mean if my guys made mistakes so be it you know we'll take our responsibility but our community needs to heal and it doesn't help when we have the head of the the, the, the director of our largest law enforcement agency in the state of texas pointing to the local guys it's as if uh, this is this shouldn't this isn't nice to say, but I'll say it. it's a it's a it's a bad joke. I've been saying uh, it's as if Uvaldi was Mayberry and, and you've got Colonel McCraw, Andy Griffith, you know, yelling at Barney five telling him, hey, you know, you were you were in charge here. You screwed up. And that's not the reality. They had 91 cops on the ground within minutes. Their first trooper showed up. Within 16 minutes after the other guy showed up, female trooper, what did she do? She walked out. She walked into the hallway and walked out. The other 11 troopers that went into that hallway walked out and got direction from no one. They didn't stick around. Only one guy, the Texas Ranger, he was there for 37 seconds and then he walks out. He goes back in at the 12:16 hour and stays for the duration. I asked him if he if he if he volunteered for the stack. This the stack is the the, the the guys that finally went in. He said, no, no troopers volunteered for the stack. We weren't, we weren't. You, you know, if you look at, at, at the Senate testimony on Tuesday, it's online, I can send it to you. Uh, I can send you the 20 minutes of cross-examination where the chairman tells me that this isn't a deposition. Well, the hell yes, it is. It's more than a deposition. It needs to be a full scale examination of what went wrong so that law enforcement never makes these mistakes in Dallas, or Houston, or Austin, or rural Texas ever, ever again.
2: And I think that you're hitting on the key right there, Senator, because uh, you know the blame game is one thing. We always see that happen after situations like this. But when you get right down to it, um, if you want to in any way honor the memories of those who were, you know, in a classroom who were murdered uh, by, uh, you know, someone who came in uh, with an assault rifle. If you wanna honor those memories at all, you do your best to prevent that from happening again, to find the truth of what happened and see where you might be able to fix it for next time. It's hard to do that, isn't it? In the absence of information.
0: It's, It's the absence of information it, it's it's a bigger issue for me because the transparency or the lack thereof is an attack on our democracy. People are playing, you're asking me what they're hiding and it comes from the top. And I really believe that to my core. This governor has held out Operation Lone Star as his seminal piece of legislation to protect all of Texas from the invading horde of Central Americans. You know what, that's important for sure. You're going to do that do it right they haven't they haven't they have wasted our taxpayer knowledge but that same law enforcement group that was there to protect and service fails and we need to know why and without but when you get rid of all the partisan politics we texas taxpayers deserve to know why all law enforcement agencies every one of them failed those kids how did pete arredondo fail how did the sheriffs fail how did the police fail and how did DPS fail? And for that matter, the federal government police. it with it. What did they do that that didn't lead them to act immediately? They took some time as well. And so if we're stuck and bogged down on incident commander protocols, I got from his I elicited from his own testimony the other day, which supersedes the other. Active shooter protocols mm-hmm. supersede incident commander protocols. He said it. Then therefore, why didn't your team go in? Why didn't we wait till a federal agent went in? He wants to set up a narrative to protect his agency. And I get that, but that isn't good enough anymore in this day and age.
2: Senator, you're you're also a lawyer. uh, So I want to ask you, uh, you know, and, and this is at the local level and at the state level should people lose their jobs uh, i mean what you're describing here is is you know a, a failure on the job there should people lose their jobs over this number one number two do you think that anyone will be held civilly or even criminally accountable for what the happened
0: answer is yes to the first one people should lose their jobs that's the reality it's just not my job to fire the school district guy it's not even my job to fire Steve McCraw. It's the governor's job. But what I I didn't I didn't get to ask the most important question the other of the, uh, the day the other day. What did you know, Colonel McCraw, in the 48 minutes? What did you order? And it was all in this rushed sense of and and then you know a, a hearing that was clearly a dog and pony show to prop up DPS, to prop up this this group to establish a narrative that it was that guy that simply isn't fair. I don't know that guy don't care to know that guy. We all know in the public that that guy erred, but we should also know that so did every other cop that was in that hallway in every state agency director and person that was in charge of those cops in that hallway.
2: Um, I want to ask you this too. How are Texans to trust law enforcement when we have seen such a dramatic shift in the narrative as we've gone forward following this shooting?
0: Well, it's a problem in America, isn't it? And it's, I'm not talking about the trust of police, it's the trust in. We get these narratives that are, are dispelled or propounded, rather. And they simply are that it's someone's story. Americans need to start scratching away at the surface of everything they read and see to find the truth and demand the truth. I don't know if we're going to get the truth. I don't know if a judge is going to say, you know what, Mature, you're right. But certainly those families deserve to know the truth. I think all Texans deserve to know the truth. And I think that even the people of Dallas where you guys are at deserve to know the truth so that it doesn't happen in your schools. We're in your suburbs.
2: Senator, you've been living this every day since this happened so many weeks ago. I know that we're about to head into a legislative session starting in January. Um, Have you formulated bills related to what happened that day? Have you been able to even get to that point yet?
0: We are looking at gun common sense, gun solutions. I am a gun owner. I know my West Texas constituents. I know what Texans want on this space, but I will tell you that even 65% of Republicans in a recent poll suggested that no 18 year old should access a weapon like this. After Parkland, it took Rick Scott and the legislature 23 days to change the age to 21. We're on day 30 from this incident. We're 54 days from school starting, and this governor has refused to move an inch on common sense gun solutions. So I'll be talking a lot about that. I'll be talking about reforming our victim's assistance funds. We're scratching away at all of it, But I will tell you this, for the rest of my career, as long as people have me in there, this is what I'm going to be talking about. I saw, I've seen and heard stories that I, uh, I dare not say, I will at some point. I've asked parents to allow me to talk about it. And most have said yes. There has to be a moment in this country where we have what Emmett Till's mother had, which was a strength to show the world her son and what those men had done to her son. I saw seven kids, seven little girls in coffins. I have two daughters in my own. I wish I could have gone to all of them. They just, families in the beginning, were not sure, you know, who was a friend and who was a foe. And then I guess family saw me around more there. They said, well, oh, this guy's good enough. <laughs> Pull and bite him over. Seven little girls in coffins in a matter of days. One of the girls coffin was closed. The last two little girls had severe damage to their faces not right what we have done and what we have failed to do in this country on this issue.
2: And so, as you say, you're going to be working hard on this going forward. You've asked for a special session. Uh, We haven't uh, seen any movement on that here in, in Texas. Obviously, the governor would have to be the one who calls that. Uh, You did mention that you're going to introduce some bills, uh, including some common sense gun reforms in the next legislative session. I have to ask you, do you think those have any hope whatsoever? I mean, we just saw uh, at the national level that uh, there's a compromise being worked on in the Senate. And uh, here we had the senior U.S. senator from Texas come back to the Republican convention here in this state recently. His party booing him uh, for working with Democrats, even on, uh, you know, the most marginal changes uh, to gun policy. Do you think you can get Republican support for something I would like
0: argue that? that the people of that convention have been taken over by a very small subset of the Republican Party. I think that that's the case nationwide. They're a very loud and vocal subset, and fortunately, the Republican, my Republican colleagues answer to that loud and vocal subset. Uh, it would be nice if they developed the fortitude that was necessary to do the right thing here. Because May 24th, it was a bunch of Mexican kids down in Hispanic kids down on the border. Next, next fall or next spring, it could be some kid in Highland Park, or River Oaks. That's the reality of this man. It, does, it knows no prejudice. It knows no prejudice. It's just crazed kids. Shouldn't, young men shouldn't have these weapons. They should not have these weapons until it beats them.
2: Have you gotten any indications, though, from, from other uh, lawmakers, particularly from the other side of the aisle, that they would be willing to entertain this conversation in the next session?
0: They privately told me, don't use my name, they say but man, that 21 thing makes sense.
2: Raising the age to 21 to buy an assault weapon.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the age you have to be to buy a nine millimeter pistol. I mean, what are we really talking about here?
2: But if they say, don't use my name, how much hope do you have that they will be willing to engage on that?
0: So I got, I started doing this because I have hope and, and sometimes hope is derived out of a lot of things lately for me it's uh i guess the little bit of hope i have left is derived out of pain and suffering and my ability or want desire to try to fix things so if that's all i've got is hope that i'm going to keep my shred of hope keep screaming loudly keep shaming people and keep telling their stories and as this session goes on maybe those parents i had meetings with them i had a meeting last night with the parents of three deceased children and the parents of five injured children it's my second such meeting both meetings have turned into therapy sessions for them where they talk amongst themselves it's amazing to see i simply ask them to organize not for me not for a political reason to organize so that they can get the benefits that they deserve from the voca funds from the funds that are being raised for them to organize for some sense of change, if that's what they want. And I'll tell you that most have said that's what they want. There's a little girl testified today in the House of Representatives. Her name is Jasmine Casades. She's 17 years old. She lost her little sister, Jackie. Mm-hmm. And Jackie is, was a beautiful, beautiful little girl. Mm-hmm. And her parents are hardworking people. They didn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this man. I wish that uh, Republicans and Democrats alike would put down all of their their BS and just reach down into your Christian heart because a lot of people like to wear that on their sleeves. Have a little empathy and think for themselves that God, for, for the grace of God, go I. This could be your child. This could be your child's big sister testifying in Congress or in the Capitol. A little girl who wrapped herself in blood and soaked herself in blood. It was Maya Cerillo, you guys have heard of her. You've seen her, Mia. Mm -hmm. Saw her parents again last night. The little girl, um, she got an eight-year-old sister. Who's like a parrot, she won't stop talking. She's so lovely. But Mia is, uh, she's traumatized to no end. I said, well, let's go to Fiesta, Texas Six Flags, you know, SeaWorld. World. She didn't want anything like that. And we're going to the beach this weekend. So we helped them out, find a beach house, and helped them with some support. The little girl just wanted to go to the ocean, find some quiet, some peace.
2: This is still very emotional for you. Uh, all of these weeks later that as you say, this has become your 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 chief uh, concern going forward as an elected leader. Uh, but I, I can see the tears in your eyes. This is this is emotional.
0: It's just hard. And I think you as journalists, who see this all the time. You probably have seen some journalists down there that go through this. And some I don't know how they've done it. The 12th massacre in the United States. I don't know how anybody, I stayed there for 14 days. I would leave my home from San Antonio at five in the morning. I'd come home at 1 a.m., sleep a few hours. And I did that for 14 days straight from the 24th onward. I took a couple of days off to try to clear my head. Um, I really want people to shake off their partisanship on this call Greg Abbott, call the Lieutenant Governor and say, man, changing an age from two digits from 18 to 21, what kind of victory would that be for humanity? Not for your party, for just humanity. We all know what an 18 year old is like these days and they did not have the responsibility to be able to carry these types of weapons without training in the military.
2: Well, we know that this is uh, going to be uh, a big topic in the upcoming uh, legislative session. Uh, Senator Gutierrez, thank you so much for uh, taking the time with us today. Uh, We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: You can tell, uh, you know, you're not seeing this, you're hearing this. Uh, We just talked with Senator Gutierrez on Zoom, though. Still a very emotional time for him, Uh, you know, almost wiping away tears there. You can see tears in his eyes. Um, That's obvious. I mean, he's meeting with these families. He's seeing things that the rest of us haven't seen yet. But, Jason, you know what really jumps out at me from everything the senator just said there was that part about non disclosure? The state is basically telling a serving senator of this state, yeah, we'll show you some of what happened in the law enforcement response, but you have to sign this document agreeing that you won't talk about it. He's telling us that they want him to sign a document to shut up about what he's going to see. And that really makes you wonder. What details are in there that they're that worried about that they don't even want a state senator to be able to talk
1: about it? These are all public records. Yes. You and I paid for these records.
2: We pay for these body cameras, too. We paid for the
1: body cameras. We paid for the the 911 centers, the 911 operators, all this stuff. We pay
2: the salaries of the people responding.
1: Absolutely. And the people
2: who are
1: not wanting to put the information out. And it makes you wonder, what in the world do they have they are not releasing? If you have the local uvalde attorney the 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 prosecutor district attorney saying she is not going to to press charges on this because there's there's really no investigation the shooter is dead the person ultimately responsible for this is dead but there were mistakes made admittedly Mm -hmm. by law enforcement they say they made mistakes if that's the case release what you have now when you find out more release what you have then why in the world are you asking a state servant a senator he needs to sign a non-disclosure agreement. This is something that corporate boardrooms pass around. Yeah, it's unbelievable that that DPS Steve McCraw, who is in charge of the Department of Public Safety in the state over state troopers and Texas Rangers, would ask an elected official to sign an NDA. Unbelievable to me.
2: I think that that should make the public even hungrier to know what happened there because you think about this how can we prevent it from happening again whether it's in a school a church a store uh, on the streets how do you prevent mistakes in the response if no one is allowed to know what all went wrong in the response and you know i'm not alleging that anybody's covering anything up but it has been alleged that there is a big cover-up underway here and i will say it doesn't help you to dispel Criticisms that there's a cover up when you say, "Well, we're not going to show you anything unless you agree to never talk about it."
1: Yeah, that's crazy to me. So we have another state senator on the podcast here with us. This is State Senator Robert Nichols. He's a Republican who represents a wide swath of East Texas, from just south of Dallas to the outskirts of Houston and even Beaumont as well, too. We're having him on because he's the he was the chairperson of this special state senate committee that's looking into this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we wanted to know, is is legislation coming out of this? Recommendations coming out of this? Based on what we heard last week, might the governor call a special session on this? We had a lot of questions for Senator Nichols. Been trying to get him on for a couple of weeks. He was uh, gracious enough to carve out time for y'all to For And us.
2: again, these hearings are the only details that rich details that we've gotten in the weeks since this shooting, other than those couple of news conferences.
1: Mr. Chairman, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us here today. Based on what you heard in the hearings that you led, do you think that the governor, Greg Abbott, should call a special session?
3: That's always the prerogative of the governor. Um, until you know exactly what you're gonna do, and feel like you have a pretty good consensus of uh, the members to accomplish uh, what we feel needs to be effective. Um, there's really not a reason to call a special session. Um, obviously that's a prerogative of the governor, but you've got the house working on it. You've got the Senate members working on it and uh, trying to see what we can come up with and see if we can get a consensus.
1: We all watched the the hearings over the last few days. What kind of recommendations do you expect will come from your committee?
3: Uh, Too early to say, we know it's going to be spread out over several different things. You know, school safety, obviously there's things we have identified that we believe we have a consensus uh, things that need to be fixed, but we'll be finding out if we have a consensus over the next several weeks. And in mental health, there's always improvements as well. And police training, it uh, kind of covers the whole gamut of it.
1: We heard uh, Colonel Steve McGraw from DPS, the director of DPS there too, and he had some of the most compelling testimony. Uh, one of the things he said, there were 91 state troopers there seven local police officers. DPS has more training. They have more jurisdiction, obviously, Senator. Why wasn't DPS in charge of this active shooter?
3: uh, I can only speculate based on the facts that I heard. We heard a lot of different law enforcement. We had the Sheriff's Association. We had the Police Chiefs Association. We had the school uh, officers association and they all came and testified as well as the dps and it seemed to be the consensus from what we heard from the testimony was that all law enforcement they work with the ones who were there first who have the most information the ones they think are in charge because if you're the second or third or fourth person to arrive at the scene and are ne- not aware of the circumstances well then, uh, you can do sometimes more harm than good. That is the testimony that we heard pretty consistently all the way through.
1: Do you expect that anyone is going to be held accountable for the law enforcement failures that we watched?
3: I, my job is not to place blame, uh, and that but, is. But, not- but as a
1: state, as a state legislator, you're a veteran state legislator. I mean, <laughs> you've seen these. You've seen these things. What, what, what do you think? Should, do you think someone someone is going to be held accountable, or do you think someone? should- should be held accountable.
3: I think the parents don't really care. They lost their loved ones, and they've got a big hole in their heart right now. And I think that's all they're focused on. And there's a lot of other outsiders who are trying to point blame and a lot of finger pointing in different directions. No one wants to be responsible for what happened. Ultimately, the person that was responsible was a shooter. Uh, he's no longer with us. That's the one who's really to uh, be held accountable. There's a breakdown in the system. Uh, we pointed that out. Uh, you've got mental health. You've got school safety. You've got police training. All those different categories. Uh, basically, uh, we as a system from the state, uh, we, we failed Uvalde. We did. Um, it might have been a small crack, but it was a very violent one. And um, what we're trying to do is identify what we can do uh, to make it better.
1: Mr. Chairman, we appreciate your time, sir.
3: All right. Thank you very much.
1: You know, in that conversation, Jason, what struck me is the very last thing he said, we failed Uvalde. Mm-hmm. And he said it might've been a small failure, but, but it, it, it created a massive problem. And he's exactly right about that. Mm-hmm. I think the burden now is on the governor to either act on this, it's an election year, I can't imagine the governor's going to call a special legislative session to talk about an issue, which is gun violence, that they don't really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We've tried for, for a long time to get so many Republican leaders in our state on our program with us to talk about this issue. They just don't want to do it. Understandably so. Democrats have issues they don't want to talk about. Right. But the admission there at the end, um, I, I wouldn't say it's an admission, but the statement there at the end from Senator Nichols saying, we failed Uvalde. That's the headline.
2: You mentioned the burden. I think it's broader than that. I think the burden is on every one of us, though, to keep on clamoring, keep on bugging our state representatives, our state senators, our leaders, yeah. and ask for the truth to come out about this. Because we need to know how many ways we failed right. them in Uvalde and to try to keep from failing Texans in the future.
1: And if you're a regular listener, you know, we usually start the podcast with a beer. We didn't do that this time. But um After this one, I think we're going to go out and have one now.
2: Yeah. Thanks for uh, being with us here again, and uh, we'll talk again next week.